Welcome to the Seashore Church Message of the Week. This message is designed to bring more of heaven into your world today. For more resources like this, or to learn more about our church, visit seashorechurch.com. I've actually come this morning and um, with no notes, because Jesus told me to. <laughs> so, so, I have my Bible, which is the actual thing anyway, right? And um, I'm g- I'm just going to stand and cry. So instead of falling on my face, I'll just cry. <laughs> um, God is really, really very good. Really very good. And so I'm so grateful um, for certain words that just came forward. Thank you for being here for the first time and just getting up and standing here so brave. Because risk, right, faith often is just risk. I'm just going to, oh, I think I felt something. I think I saw something. I'm going to just go and try it out. <laughs> and that's sometimes how we just find ourselves falling into and learning about the prophetic in the first place. And so, thank you. <laughs> brave, brave man. Yeah, you can clap. Someone, someone. <laughs> oh, feeling like I'm just going to stand there and bawl like a baby. Um, and you know what? It's okay. It really is okay sometimes in the presence of God. It's just very emotional and you can f- be really moved to tears and cry. And, and it's really good. Sometimes the tears are just extreme delight. How could it be this one calls me his friend, right? And so that can move you to tears. Other times it can be, oh my gosh, how could he call me his friend? I'm just, Jesus, I'm going to let this stuff go that I was just doing yesterday. And so the tears can be for any reason and they're all good. He just loves it all. He really loves it all. And um, so I heard there's that old phrase, um, um, tears are like pain leaving the body. <laughs> so tears can be like pain leaving the body, but sometimes the pain is sometimes just the giving up of the human self and the human dependencies. Other times it can be the silly things that we do, and so it's repentance, right? So like tears, tears are good. Tears are good, and tears can be really full of joy. So never be afraid of any kind of emotion. You know what? We lost in the 1700s in Western culture, we lost the, the, the value for emotion, but Jesus created us with emotions. And so if I stand up here and cry and get emotional in front of people, I don't care. Because <laughs> Jesus, Jesus is fully, he's, he can experience like full joy at the same as experiencing full sorrow and, and equally, equally like the depth of joy and, and, the depth of, and the depth of sorrow at the same time, right? Because he's God and he's created us this same way within every kind of ability to feel and experience him. We feel, often feel and experience him through our feelings and our emotions. We're not ruled by those things, but we often feel and grab the prophetic things through our, what we perceive and we're perceiving through our feelings, okay? Anyway, that's not what I'm talking about. (laughs) Um, I am talking about, well, I am talking about being spiritual people. For the last couple of times I preached Easter Sunday and then was the first time and we've been talking about the church but I've been talking about the spontaneous expansion of the church and um, it is God's will that the church would just expand and like spontaneous, like just constantly bubbling up out of you and, and moving from you to the next person in your world and moving to the next person in their world. And so the relationship that we have with God is to be so alive that we can't be sat down and we can't be silenced. It's to be so life-changing and transformative on the inside of us that we literally are people that transform every single thing around about us, everything that changes. The atmospheres around about us change. My heart atmosphere changes because Jesus has come to live on the inside. 
right? So my, so I'm changed, and then my family's changed because that means his his atmosphere now becomes the atmosphere, glory, heavenly atmosphere in my home, right? And then when I walk into the supermarket or I walk, walk into the workplace or I wherever I am or like on a sports field where if I'm just on in a park and I meet another family, then I bring heaven with me and so the atmospheres around about us change. And this is the spontaneous expansion of the kingdom of God, right? Jesus said that, Jesus said that it's like yeast. And yeast is something that just gets worked into the whole batch until the whole batch of dough is changed, right? And we are like the yeast in this world. And when our lives get worked into the lives around about us in our places of work and play and leisure and our relationships, our lives, which have been transformed by Christ, gets worked into every other life around about us that we touch. And that's the spontaneous expansion of the kingdom. I'm talking more about the church itself, which is inside the kingdom, okay? But to do this, we have to understand we are spiritual people. Spiritual people. Long before we were ever born, we already existed in God. And God is spirit. There's a supernatural world that is spirit, supernatural world that exists. It's more substantial and more real than this one. Like I can sit down on a chair, right? I know it's going to hold my weight up. I can just plop down on it. I don't have to have faith in that. I just know it's going to hold me. Right? But the spiritual world around about us is more substantial than that. And we're supposed to have the same kind of faith and understanding and perception in the spiritual realm as we do just to plop down on a chair and know it's just going to hold my weight up. It's the expectation. It's like I don't even think about that chair holding my weight up. Right? We're supposed to live with that same kind of reality, understanding we're spiritual people. I'm going to read from Mark let me just see. Mark, I can't actually do that. Laugh at me. <laughs> My husband laughs at me all the time in our house, constantly correcting my Australian accent. I'm like, 21 and a half years of marriage. It's not going away. <laughs> I mean the accent, so stop the joking. Because <laughs> both aren't going away. <laughs> um, I'm going to read, I'm going to read um, from Mark chapter 6. I'm going to read about Jesus feeding the 5,000 people. This is the first. He did twice he fed 5,000 people and it was a Jewish crowd. And then a second time he fed 4,000 people and that was a Gentile crowd. The first time though is the 5,000 in Mark 6. I'm going to start reading from, because I'm trying to not read it tons and tons. I'm going to start reading from... Um, Oh, 34, verse 34. I'm reading in the ESV, if you want to. Yeah. When Jesus went ashore onto the seashore, <laughs> uh, he saw a great crowd and he had compassion on them because they were like sheep without a shepherd and he began to teach them many things. And when it grew late, his disciples came to him and said, this is a desolate place and the hour is late. Send these people away to go into surrounding countryside and villages and buy themselves something to eat. The disciples, right? They came up with the idea to feed them. But Jesus goes, Jesus answered them, you give them something to eat. And he said, the disciples said, shall we go and buy 200 denarii worth of bread and give it to them? He said, 
Jesus, Jesus said to them, how many loaves do you have? Go and see. And when they found out, they said, we have five loaves and two fish. Jesus commanded them, to, all the people, to sit down in groups on the green grass. So they sat down in groups by the hundreds and by fifties. And taking the five loaves and two fish, Jesus looked up to heaven and said a blessing and broke the loaves and gave them the, to the disciples and set them before the people. He divided the two fish among them all and they all ate and they were all satisfied and they took up 12 basketfuls of broken pieces and of the fish and those who ate the loaves were 5,000 men. So 5,000 men means also equally there could have been that many women and then children as well. It was just the Hebrews didn't really, they didn't really count the women and children. So 5,000, 5,000 men also means a lot more women and children that just come along in tow. So that was if you can picture yourself as the disciple, one of the disciples, one of the 12 of Jesus, and, and he's just told you to go share, you have a little piece of fish in your hand and a little piece of bread, and now you've got to walk around to all these groups of 50s and 100s, and you've got to start breaking it and giving it out. And you're looking across, as far as the eye can see, 5,000 men and then women and children, going, how does my little piece of loaf and my little piece of fish even feed the first group of 50 or 100 that I've just walked up to? There's no logical way that that can work at all. But it did. And Jesus did an amazing miracle and fed them all. I'm going to keep reading in verse 45. Verse 45 is Jesus walking on water. Immediately, Jesus made his disciples get into the boat and go before him to the other side, to Bethsaida, while he dismissed the crowd. After Jesus had taken leave of them, he went up onto the mountain to pray. And when evening came, the boat was out on the sea, and he was all alone on the land watching it, right? He's watching the disciples in the boat, and then the wind starts to come up. He saw that the disciples were making their, their headway painfully, and the wind was against them. And at about the fourth watch of the night, Jesus came to them walking on the sea, walking on the water. Jesus meant to pass them by, but when they saw him walking on the sea... They thought it was a ghost and they cried out for all of them saw him and they were terrified. And immediately he spoke to them and said, take heart, it is I, don't be afraid. And Jesus got into the boat with them and the wind stopped. And then it says, and this is, this is I read all those other scriptures to get to this verse, this little portion of scripture. They were utterly astounded for they did not understand about the loaves and their hearts were hardened. So, and uh, so this is all in the same short space of 24 hours or less than 24 hours. As a disciple, they're walking and they're breaking off pieces of bread and they're giving out pieces of bread and pieces of fish to 5,000 men and however many children and, and, and women that we don't even know, right? A crowd bigger than, bigger than we, you can comprehend to give a couple of little loaves out to. And, and so they can't understand it. And not only do they give out the, the pieces, they collect 12 basketfuls of leftovers, which is more than what they started to begin with, right? So now they've not only given out their tiny little couple of loaves and a couple of fish, fed the 5,000 men and women and children, They've collected more in the leftovers and, the, and they've got a basket each full, full of leftovers. And with their basket, they get into the boat and they start crossing over to the other side to get to Bethsaida. I can't imagine, uh, like the conversations 
they're looking at their food. They're in a boat. Jesus is up on a mountain praying. He said he'd meet them on the other side. And then, oh, I'm shaking. So then Jesus comes, sees them, and just keeps walking across the water. He's walking on the water, defying all of the laws of this natural world. So he is like creative, like creative miracle, or I don't know how he did it. We'll find out in heaven, right? That'll be one of the questions. How did how did you do that one? If you can, if you can imagine, they're so perplexed about collecting more food as leftovers than what they had to begin with before they fed them. They're now crossing over, and then here comes Jesus walking on the water. And the Bible says here, they were utterly astounded. They did not understand about the loaves and their hearts were hardened. In the Greek, in that verse from 51, we just read in the English, utterly astounded. In the Greek, it gives three different words and there's a force with it that says they were not just utterly astounded. They were completely flabbergasted, didn't know what to say, stupefied, had clueless to understand what had just happened. Clueless, couldn't wrap their mind around it, right? Because he's doing creative miracles and of, of fish and feeding people and now walking on water. So the universal laws that normally govern our natural lives don't even apply to this man. Because he's a spiritual man first. And we are spiritual men and women first. But the Bible says here in 52, they did not understand the loaves and their hearts were hardened. And this is, where, this is where I think a lot of the church lives, hearts hardened. The, the Greek word for the hardened there, it means, it's, it means to have a calloused heart. You know, I play guitar, so I have over my fingers, a callus develops to protect my finger, fingers um, because it can hurt. You know, there's, still, there's still strings. And so, and so you're playing away and to stop it hurting, you just develop a callus. Well, our heart can become like that because our heart doesn't understand and like and like the three Greek words that are used for these disciples they didn't understand they were just so perplexed flabbergasted could not understand how he could do these miracles and it's just easier to sit back and go well it's God I don't get that I'm going to go over here in denial right and we we allow this hardening of our heart to take place we allow callous to grow over our heart and we stop believing God for the things that he's told us are ours and they hardened their heart because they just didn't understand. Like, like this is the human trait, and all of us do this. And I, 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 if I catch myself doing it, I hope every time I'm so quick to repent. I hope that I'm so quick to just lay it down. God, I'm sorry. Surrender it, right? Because I don't want to be someone who misses God at any moment about anything. I don't want to miss him. I don't, I don't want to miss God. <laughs> I don't want to miss God. I don't want to miss what he has to say to me. Like, he is the one who created everything. Like, how can we be bored with this one? We find ourselves sometimes in worship or, you know, in our prayer time, and we go, oh, I'm bored. I'll check Instagram. Ah, uh, what's worship? That's not really my song. I'll wait till the next song. Bored with this one who created everything, who can walk on water and defy all of the laws that govern our lives in the natural sense, and we're bored, we get bored, and I just, can we just be people who just determine in our heart, if we catch that, to lay that down, and just set it aside, and go, oh, I just forgot for a moment, let me just re-engage my heart with the creator of everything I can see, and things I can't see, 
John chapter 3, verse 12, and I just looked at you, Akeem, which made me remember the verse. John chapter 3, verse 12, it says this. It says, Jesus is sitting with Nicodemus and having that conversation. It famously is where he says to Nicodemus in verse 16, for God so loved the world, he gave his only son, right? That's the conversation with Nicodemus. In verse 12, it says, it says that, I, if I've been talking to you about earthly things and you can't understand the earthly things, how can I talk to you about heavenly things? And God wants us to be the stewards, the receivers of revelation, of heavenly things, of heavenly revelation, prophetic words, um, miraculous healings that really defy, like shut down Sentara hospitals, right? And I mean it, shut down hospitals. Amen. I'm going to say it again. It should be louder, amen. Shut down hospitals. <laughs> we are supposed to be stewards of this supernatural life of Christ, like like Christ on the inside is life eternal. He lives on the inside of us. And there should be something on the inside of us that gets up and then says, I will not sit down. I will not shut up. I will not be made to be quiet and sit in the corner and not talk about my faith in Christ. I will be someone who speaks forth every single word he gives me, whether it's from scripture or it's prophetic rhema word that he gives me. I will speak it and I will keep declaring it. I'll keep praying it because I know when I do, it changes the world around about me. It changes every person whose life comes in contact with me. And this is every single believer. It's not just the person who runs a church. I run this church. It's not just the person who runs the church or a person who's got some kind of big highfalutin ministry. Every single believer in Christ has to be people who get up and say, I will live full of the Holy Spirit. I will live according to my identity and my purpose and what he's called me to do. I'm going to get up and run and I'm going to do it. So, so in um, a couple of weeks ago, I had Reese get up here with her son, Tiny. Um, what's, what's his name? I'm oh, sorry, I have to even ask again. Connor. So Connor, eight, two. Two years old? Oh, four. <laughs> so, getting that wrong. Um, but, but so she held, she held up Connor, a little, little kid. And, um, and, I, and, I, and, I, and I use that to demonstrate the scripture where Jesus talks about John the Baptist... He talks about John the Baptist in, in, um, in you can read it in, in uh, where is it, Mark 11. Mark 11? Matthew. Sorry, I had the wrong. Matthew. Matthew chapter 11. Jesus is talking about John the Baptist and they said, he said, no, no person has come uh, um, on the earth. No, no greater prophet than John the Baptist for all the prophets that have come so far. Nobody as great as John the Baptist. But I tell you this, he is, the, the least in the kingdom is greater than John the Baptist and, and that's us. And I used Connor, four-year-old Connor, so you can understand the least in the kingdom. We think least is a little child, right? Or, but, but what Jesus is saying is that, is that because we are filled with the Holy Spirit and we've been made a new creation in Christ, we've been given now, Jesus is on the inside, he lives on the inside, and we are empowered now in a way that John the Baptist never was. And so all the things that you can read in the Old Testament and you can, anybody, David, Moses, Abraham, Noah, building an ark, any of those stories that you can read, any of their encounters and the spiritual things that they did in their service to God. And it was amazing. We should read it and think it's amazing, but we should read it and expect the same kinds of things to be happening through our lives. All of it. All of it. There's not something, I mean, I'm not going to build an ark. <laughs> it's not going to rain like that again. Jesus said it won't. God said it won't. Puts a cloud in the sky to say he won't. <laughs> um, 
But understand every single experience and all of the encounter and all of the supernatural power, all of the supernatural commu- divine communication of revelation, it is ours. It is ours. And God is just asking us to believe him. Just get up and take him at his word. Trust him. Just to go, oh, you know what? Thank you because you risked today, right? I'm new here. I'm going to just gonna stand up and give a word in front of everybody today. It's just hear God and stand up and just trust him and just go. Just do it. And God loves that. God loves it when we take a risk on him and he will back up his word. The Bible says he will back up his word with signs and miracles. He does. He won't leave you hanging. He will not leave you hanging at all. And so with the disciples back in verse 52 of Mark 6, with the disciples hardened their heart, I'm going to get you to flip back to Mark chapter 4 now instead, a couple of chapters previous to that. It's that softening of our heart, allowing him to just really have his way. But here is, here is, this is how we do it. Mark chapter 4. I'm going to read from verse 22. Nothing is hidden except to be made manifest, nor is anything secret except to come to light. If anyone has ears to hear, let him hear. And Jesus said to them, pay attention to what you hear. With the measure you use, it will be measured to you, and still more will be added. For the one who has, more will be given, and from the one who has not, even what he has will be taken away. And what this is, pay, pay close attention. Actually, I'm reading the ESV, but the NLT says, pay close attention for, to what you get, for what you pay close attention to that you'll get more of. That's from the NLT. And, and so what this is, is if I'm paying attention to Scripture and my, my relationship with the Word of God, uh, with God and communion, so Larry had the incredible word about communion. If, if that is where the focus of our heart and our attention is going to, that's what we get more of in our life. It's that simple. If my attention is going to my phone and Instagram or sports or uh, whatever it is that you like to be entertained with, if, 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 the, if the great amount of the, your attention and your heart's focus is going there, that's what you reap back into your life. There is a sowing and reaping with my attention. There is a sowing and reaping with my affections and where they lie and where they go. And I will reap where I sow my time. I will reap it back into my life. And so I don't want my heart to become hardened. When I read scripture and I hear about Jesus walking on water or multiplying bread and feeding, I want my heart to be so soft and so expectant in God so that I can see miracles like that. I want to be able to, to, to really see the world transformed. <laughs> and it's not a small thing. God wants you to be a world changer. God wants you to transform not just your own life and home and workplace, but to see yourself as a history maker, history changer. His story, history is his story and you have got a part to play in it. But you've got to realize that. You've got to go, I believe that. I'm going to get up and try. I'm going to get up and have a go. And you keep having a go and you keep having a go and you keep having a go if you fall back down. So like a child learns to walk, right? And they just keep getting back up. They bounce back up. I'm going to go again. We've got to be like that with God. We've got to be like that with the things of the Spirit. We've got to be like that with the things that He's wanting us to do. He has such incredible things for every single one of His sons and daughters to do. No one is left out of this. 
And you have been put on the earth right now for 2021 for such a time as this. And, and nobody can shrink back and say, I can see why that person's here now. I can see that person has great calling. I can see that person. You have great calling. You do. You do. Every single person here in this room has incredible things to do in God, purpose. And, and you matter. You are necessary. And if you don't do part of yours, I miss out. I miss out. Do you know that when they plant gardens, um, we have a monocrop culture here in America. They just plant like miles of corn. <laughs> miles and miles and miles and miles of corn. And it's called a monocrop culture. They just decided that that would be a more efficient way to grow things. It's not. Because uh, what they have to do is um, spray more things into the soil and then spray th more things onto the plants to make sure the soil gets the nutrients the plant needs and then to keep the bugs away. Right, so they're just spraying the, the, the soil more and spraying the plants more. It's, an actual, it's a failure of farming. But so what, what happens, though, in the a proper way to grow a garden is you put a tomato plant next to a basil plant because the tomato plant puts things into the soil that the basil plant next to it needs and gets nourishment from. And then the basil plant, when the sun hits it, releases an oil that chases away the bugs that would normally love to sit on the tomato plant. Do you, are you catching this? Like, like plants in a garden help each other when there's just this mixture. And so you matter. And if you're not planted and you're not sending into the soil the things that God's put on your life to do, I miss out. And if I'm not planted... I'm not sending out the things that I need to send out and you miss out because maybe a bug comes and attacks you, something. You know, I'm not saying. Do you understand? Do you understand about the bugs? And so every single life matters and every age matters. My daughter is 13 and so sometimes when, sometimes when we're praying about, she, I see in the spirit, she's in the season spirit way better than I do. And so I sometimes get her to pray for me. I'm like, pray, I want increase. <laughs> Lay hands on me. <laughs> and um, so she does. But sometimes, sometimes we'll just pray together. And if I didn't see anything uh, or, or I'm just curious, I might just go, what did you see in the spirit? Because I want to help her steward that and nurture it. So the question's for that. But the question's also because I'm curious. And so I'll be, what did you see? And she'll just tell me. And um, so she, she began this when she was 10 years old, when she's really starting to go, oh, I, this is a God thing. I can do this and use it for ministry. And so on that, I'm just going to start. I'm going to tell a couple of stories. What time is it? Oh, okay. On, so so, so I, I've just talked about seeing, seeing gifts. The seeing gift is just one of many, many, many ways you can get revelation from God and be told and given instruction from God on how to do things and how to do ministry, how to live life, how to be a great parent, how to be a great wife, how to <laughs> grow tomato plants and basil plants. Holy Spirit will even give you revelation on how to do that well. True story. Um, anyway, so my daughter sees in the Spirit, as I said, I see in the Spirit too. Just this week, we were doing um, some prayer ministry on someone, and I'm I'm circling back to why we have to be people who understand how important it is that we live and understand we are supernatural first, right? So we were doing some ministry actually on Friday night with someone um, at um, the Montella's house and um, the, so, so, so the person just said something that they have an issue with and the Holy Spirit said to me, why? 
And so, and just said, go and lay hands, put your hands on the head. So I did, put my hands on the person's head like that. And, and I wasn't even the one doing the ministry, some other people were. But, but as, I, as I was doing that, under my breath, um, I, I, well, I started to see into the person's spirit. You can see, I could see into her spirit. And as I was looking into the spirit, I saw a demon that looked, it looked to, to be about two feet off the ground tall, but it was like crouched like that. And, and as it was just like crouched up, I, I could see it and I knew it was the reason for the thing that she had that she was getting prayer for. So I just started to, I said, get out, like inter- get out internally though, not out loud. I don't want to freak people out all the time, right? <laughs> so, 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 but as, as I did that, it looked up at me in her and it got up like this and it was about this tall then and it had wings. So I, internally again, because this, this person's brand new, I didn't know her. And so internally, I'm, I just bind you in Jesus' name. And I saw in the spirit, the, like a green rope, get around it and wind around about it. And then it sat back down, in, impotent, unable to do anything, right? And so then the other people were just praying and led her through some things. And we really did say get out. I saw it leave her. And then two angels flanked it on the, on the back side of the wall. Two massive, big, probably 10 foot, t- 8 foot tall angels flanked it with this little, tiny, impotent, weak, demon sitting on the ground then between them before it, they took it away. And I'm telling you this story so you understand the supernatural real world is more real than our world, right? And so I, you got up here this morning and just went, I just feel like the Holy Spirit's told me to do this, so I've just got to do it, right? So faith works like that. I could start to see a vision like that or see into the spirit like that and write it off as my imagination, and just go back to normal living and try to keep praying on my own, in my own strength. Or, by faith, I, can, I could go, I can see that, I saw that, I see you, get out of her. And then get invited into God, like, by the Holy Spirit into more and really seeing the woman get free. Do you understand what I'm saying? Like, our, without faith, I could have first seen that little pipsqueak demon and just gone, nah, that's my imagination rationalize it away rational lies <laughs> ah, it chopped a bit slower over on this side <laughs> so, um, got it over here quick <laughs> so, do you understand though faith grabs so so we all really love the big spectacular supernatural stuff that's easy to grab hold of because it's, it's easy, right? It's harder to grab the smaller quick vision that you, or, or a quick word or quick impression that you might have just had, the smaller bit of revelation. It's harder to chase that down. And it takes actually more faith to really chase it down and go after it and go, oh, I saw that. What do you want? What do you want to do? And that positions your heart to receive more, to receive more revelation. And, and then you'll find yourself, as you practice that, as you practice the seeing or hearing or however it is that God starts to speak to you and give you revelation, the more you just grab hold of it and go, I felt that, I saw that, I think I heard that, Lord, help me, I want to know. That's when you become disciples who don't harden your heart after you see Jesus walking on the water. So the disciples hardened their heart because they didn't get it. They rationalized it. So they hardened their heart because they saw him breaking bread and, and sharing bread and fish. Didn't get it. Saw him walking across water. Didn't understand. Perplexed. Fabla, flabber, flabber, I can't say that, right? 
flabbergasted, didn't get it, didn't understand with their brain, their, their logic, their rationalizing, didn't compute. Why is this man breaking the laws of nature? And they rationalized it down and they sat it aside and their hearts were hardened, right? But if we can be people who, instead of rationalizing the stuff in the spirit, grab hold of it and go, what do you want me to do? What do you want me to say? Why'd you show me that? What do you have for me with this? We will be people who God will be able to use in a much more powerful way. We will be people who will transform our cities. We will be people who God really uses to really see the the spontaneous expansion of the church in the earth. Spontaneous expansion of the kingdom of God happens when people just go, I'm spiritual. First, I'm spiritual. I'm going to grab the revelation God's given me. The Bible says, um, Deuteronomy 8.3, but Jesus quotes it at the devil. Man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that proceeds from the mouth of the, of the Father. Mouth there is sword. The words that proceed are like swords. And we're to grab onto that because his prophetic words to us are our weapons that we use in this earth against the enemy. And we push back on the gates of hell when we grab hold of his words. Spiritual people, get this. We, we grab hold of his words and we grab hold of who he is by just trusting him day after day after day and going sometimes, I oh, help my faith today. <laughs> I believe, but help my faith. <laughs> I believe in you, Lord, but help my faith. It's actually a really good prayer to pray. None of us have perfect faith. None of us have perfect days every single day of our lives. None of us are like perfectly like spiritual warriors, perfect prayers, great at all of this. None of us. But we have a friend who is perfect. (laughs) It is Jesus, the perfect one. He's our friend. And he is good always, absolutely good, never changing. Good is his nature. Immutable, can't change that. He will never leave us. He will never forsake us. And he gives us his perfect. He gives us his good. And so we can't write ourselves off and say, I'm not good, I don't pray well enough. I don't hear well enough. He's like, I've already given you my good enough. Just have a go, risk, try. Grab some revelation and run. Just try it. And if you fall down, just get back up again like the three-year-old because the kingdom of God is received by children. He said you've got to be like a child. So if you fall over, a child gets back up. Fall over, get back up again. Go again. And, and by the way, that's why we do church, community, family. So we encourage each other, right? That's what family does. I see you had a really good try. That was awesome until it becomes really success. Then it's, oh, my gosh, look at what God is using you to do now, right? So it's encourage, 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 encourage until, and then when you see the until, then it's go. Amen? I'm done. Okay. That's not funny. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, come up. Um, while you were praying, I saw in the spirit a freight train of fear, like, careening out of control. And then when you prayed for peace, I saw the train, like, hit either a wall or, like, God's hand or his fist and stop. Amen. Peace. So I just wanted to share. Amen. So, oh, that got really loud. You turned it up for her and then back down for me. That means I'm really loud. (laughs) (laughs) So... (laughs) 
Anyway, you love me anyway. 10,000 angels. He's there. The, he tells me I sing too loud in the house. You turn it down a little. You sound like 10,000 angels. <laughs> it's like half compliment but half not. <laughs> so, anyway, I love you. <laughs> um, let's pray. Let's pray. Okay. Um, God, I just pray, and it's really, even on the back of some of the words that were given before I even stood up here, it was, oh, come on up, come on up. I, I pray, God, for um, all of this comes to us through our intimate relationship with you. All of this comes to us through our intimacy, through our communion. We can do none of this. Oh, well, you told us if we did try doing it without intimate communion, you would say at the end of the age, away, I never knew you. So we say we don't want to do any of this without intimate communion with you. We don't want the great spectacular, spectacular miracles without intimate communion with you, God. We want to be intimate with you. We want communion. We want God to be um, in tune with you every moment of every day. Acknowledge the Lord in all your ways, right? It's knowing. The word is yada, knowing God every moment of every day. And so, God, we invite you in to the every moment. Help us catch you. Help us catch revelation. Every moment, I pray for upgrades in this for us all, God. Hebrews chapter 5 verse 11 says that, um, well, verse 10 is talking about um, solid um, milk versus meat, right? Verse 11 says, he who has exercised his senses. And so, God, help us exercise our spiritual senses, Help us exercise our spiritual senses, God. Help us just really steward and value the spiritual things and um, understand that um, it's try and try again. Keep trying, keep doing, keep sitting, keep waiting. Just keep waiting, keep waiting on the, lo- on the lover of your soul, right? The, he's the lover of your soul. And prayer is divine conversation with the lover of your soul, And so I just pray, God, here this morning that we'd be people who understand what it means to be people who walk every step, every day in step with the divine love of our soul in that constant conversation, constant communion, constant prayer, constant divine conversation with you, catching everything you want us to catch. Um, God, I pray, show us your goodness. You are the faithful and good one. You are the true one. And we declare that over our lives today but also I'm asking as well as declaring it over lives here today I'm also asking God show us show us more in a greater way show us here your people here you are the one who can be trusted with absolutely everything in our life yeah thank you Jesus thank you for joining us today for more resources like this or to find information about our weekly services visit seashorechurch.com